The Tuffle Commute, Season 2, Episode 2, Explicit, in which Sean and I talk about everything related to swear words, swearing and technology, uh, the sounds of swearing and the grammar of swearing. And uh, just a little advisory here, this episode will contain explicit language. So if you have delicate sensibilities, time to turn the ducking thing off. Season 2, Episode 2. Let's get started. listening to the Temple Commute podcast. Hey Lindsay, how are you doing, Melon Farmer? Hello, how's it going? What the duck is going on, Sean? How are you? Uh, last chance for people were about to start swearing, so uh, if you don't like that kind of thing, now's the time to switch off. Hi Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. Actually, we haven't really started swearing yet. What I've noticed you started doing, and both of us have started doing, is the substitute swear words. This episode is all going to be about explicit language uh, and how it may relate tangentially to language teaching, but it's something of interest to most language learners, and I'm sure to many language teachers. Uh, well, shall we start with... Uh, I've, got, I've got one thing I wanted to start with, Sean, which was, which was swearing and tech. Yeah, I think this is how we got on the topic in the first place, isn't it? Like the interest, the interesting words that come up instead of swear words. Exactly. How actually, the more I started researching, how kind of prudish Apple and Google are. Do you have a device with you, or uh, like a phone, or a, or a tablet, or something? I do, but I'm yeah. taught by to swear, so you've uh, taught it might be better for the audience to do this with you. Well, if you've taught, if you haven't taught your device to swear, or you have a device which has autocorrect or text predict, you could try some of the following experiments. Um, for example, typing what the, and then seeing what word comes next, what word is, uh, is being asked for next. Um, or I don't give a, mm. let me just try that one, Sean. I'm going to type in into my device. Okay. I don't give a, and see what it says. I I've never tried that, so I'll try that. Give. Now. A flying. Oh, it's asking for flying. Okay, I don't give a flying start. That's nice. I don't give a flying start. Okay, or I don't give a flying in. I'm not sure. I don't give a flying. Let's see. I don't give a. It says I don't give a shout. This is the other possibility. Basically, what I noticed is recently, and I was asking people on Facebook if they'd noticed it as well, um, is that anytime I tried to swear on my, uh, in, the, in my case, my iPhone, it would it would either uh, suggest a different word than what I wanted, or it would autocorrect. So the most famous one is F U C K being corrected to duck. So I have in like WhatsApp conversations saying um, this is a ducking mess, or get the duck out of here, um, all kinds of stuff. That's, a, that's an interesting insight into your life. Exactly. It? Yes, I'm not going to share all my WhatsApp conversations <laughs> with listeners here, but it was an interesting one. And, and some of the words that I found were like duck for fuck, shot or shut for S-H-I-T, shit, uh, tense for tits. Now, I, I don't write tits that much, but um, that was what someone uh, shared with me on Facebook because that word came up a lot. Um, 
I liked um, was it Wanker was changed to Wanda, which um, I never I never knew until Facebook came up. Obviously, I don't type the word Wanker very much. Yeah, um, and then someone else had put that Bullocks was for bollocks. So that was another <laughs> one. I actually just recently found that um, uh, in an article from Business Insider that the Google Voice transcript, um, so you can now Google Dictate uh, has yeah. is getting better and better, and their 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 latest uh, iteration is called Voice Transcript. It censors swear words, so even if you say them it automatically corrects to something else. And so, again, you have to kind of go into the settings and try to uh, switch it, or, in fact, you have to physically go and, like, scratch and, and, and put the words back in. So um, that was another interesting thing that people are picking up on. Is have, have you still got your phone there? you still got your, your app open? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I do. Can type, what, I don't know what the word, what, what the most people in British English would say the, the C word, C-U-N-T, is, is the worst swear word. What does that change to? It doesn't alter on mine. That didn't change anything. Although yeah, it, it kind of recognizes it as a, that, that recognizes it as a, as a word in, um, like it's, 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 it's sort of got quotation marks around it. So oh, okay. it's sort of like as, as if I was typing a name. Yeah, so it's like I was. If I, well, you are naming something. Yes, exactly. I, I suppose. So I, I looked a little bit into this. Like, where where does this where does this come from? Because one of the things I've noticed recently is that voice transcripts, autocorrects, and text predicts are getting really, really good now. Actually, very good indeed. In fact, so when I'm typing it, it in terms of language teacherness, it, they're really good on collocations and on set phrases and everything. Except yeah. that it all comes apart when they come to. Um, Explicit language. Um, people, there, there's no official rule or, uh, or policy at Apple. Not that's available freely online anyway. Um, although mo there were lots of speculation that people have, uh, that they have taken the same rules as the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. Those are the people responsible for putting the parent, uh, parent advisory, uh, label on, on, on rap records or on. Ah, that was Tipper, Tipper Gore's fault, wasn't it? It was one of those trivia things I always remember. Al Gore's wife is the, is the woman responsible for stickers on, on records. Oh, really? Well, apparently mm. they looked into it quite a lot then. They don't have a <laughs> list of words. I looked for like the list, but they said it's, you know, it could be interpreted in many different ways. For example, some people say that, uh, like even words like suck. S-U-C-K, which in itself isn't a bad word, but it could be, is often used in a bad, uh, in a swearing phrase, also gets auto-corrected in, in some, or not necessarily recognized in others. Oh, right. um, I, guess, I guess part of that is that there are many, the kind of comes to the definition of what is a swear word. I mean, there are obvious words, and then that you can pick out, but some people see some words as swear words, other people don't. don't yeah, they? or some words that aren't swear words, but that so... Uh, so often um, collocate, I suppose, with swear words. So, like, even what the must be together often would call, like, what the, what the, what the hell, what the fuck, what... Yeah, I guess so. I go, I was, re in preparation for the podcast, I was, I was reading um, something, a book called, or part of a book called Filthy English, and the author of that says, well, whatever the censors like to think about the word, it's not actually the word that counts, it's the thought behind the word. And I guess it's the, the, the collocation that when you hear the what the, you're kind of expecting it to be a, a, a swear word. Um, so you, you can put anything after the, 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 the what the, and it becomes a swear phrase or an explicit phrase in itself, I guess. So, 
Well, I think the, I mean, coming back to the, 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 the list of things or why Apple or Google, where, where they're getting this from, it's either from the RIAA or from the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. And they're the ones also responsible for grading things like, like films and stuff like that, like what gets a, 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 an R rating and stuff. So this is one thing. This is tech, like Apple and Google. I also, um, but relating more to language teaching per se, I saw the same kind of thing happen once or twice when I was at talks uh, or reading articles about um, frequency and corpus studies, because lots of the stuff that um, from corpus studies that then makes it into uh, linguistics papers or talks or whatever, um, some of it I found had been also kind of uh, censored for sensibilities. So I remember hearing um, Mike McCarthy giving a talk about... Um, a corpus of business of English business English from uh, corporate boardrooms, which was really interesting. Uh, the topic, and he provided a list of the top chunks that were used. And he then said, kind of in a you know, just as a throwaway, he said, "I've edited this a little bit so as not to offend sensibilities." Of course, that meant that everybody in the room was then thinking, "So what was edited out of this corpus of corporate boardrooms?" I mean, it'd be very interesting. <laughs> that, that's really that's really um, it's interesting there because uh, one of the things I was reading, I was reading somebody's. Uh, work on the bnc from about two th- uh, the british national corpus and the word um fuck that the in the british national corpus they claim comes up in the business setting four times more than any other setting <laughs> so yeah i thought it was really interesting they say like fucker cares more freak four times more frequently in business uh uh nearly 19 times as less frequent as leisure so that i thought that was i mean this is an oldish study but obviously people swear a lot in business well, I went online to the, uh, I found a corpus, uh, frequency count for American, American, uh, English. This was, uh, we'll give the, it's the word frequency data of contemporary American English, and it had the top 5,000 words lemmas. So I suppose that's word or word form, um, mm-hmm. uh, from the corpus of contemporary American English. Uh, and I started typing in the swear words just to see if they were, um, they were they showed up uh, to you, Sean. I'm going to ask and I'll ask the listeners which I found two swear words. They weren't they, this wasn't censored, so there were two swear words that did show up in the top five thousand words of American contemporary English. Any guesses as to what they are? Are they really bad swear words or swear words that people might not think are swear words? No, they're 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 in the top. Okay, so I'd go for fucking shit. Really. Yes, exactly. You're yeah. right, but it wasn't fuck. It was a form of that word. What form do you think it was? Ah. Uh, Fucker? No, no. What's more f- common than fucker? Ah, <laughs> uh, the derivation of, of fuck. Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. There. Fuck, fucker, fuck, fucking. Yes, fucking was <laughs> actually number. Hold on, where was number four? Four thousand six hundred and fifty-five. So it wasn't really actually even the top thousand or two thousand according to this. And shit was more common and that was 3206 <laughs> so if you, while you, well, since we're since we're um geeking each other with uh frequency lists on uh on a study on uh on twitter on twitter then puts the top swear word as fuck and the second word as shit uh, um so that's how i could guess the two. Oh, really uh, okay because uh, this one it, says yeah. that shit is more common than uh, fucking d- d- uh, one out of every 13 tweets on uh, used on Twitter contains a, a swear word. And the top seven swear words, if you want them from Twitter, are fuck, shit, ass, bitch, nigger, hell, and whore. So interesting to see what people consider to be a curse word. But in this study, they were the, the seven words used. So Interesting. And now it's time 
and some more teaching philosophy from a Facebook meme. When you are having a rough day, the students aren't listening and you're ready to start yelling. Pick a kid who you love and write a letter to their parents about why you love having their child as a student. Author unknown. So, anything else? What are we talking about with the explicit language here? I mean, I found some interesting stuff as well. What, what kind of prompted me to think of this was a bit uh, by David Crystal um, in the Cambridge Encyclopedia of the English Language, Sean. Oh, it's a great book. It is a great <laughs> book. On page 251 of this massive tome, there is a tiny little section called The Sound of Swearing. Um, and it's really good. So he, he says, for example... Uh, you know, the gentle sounds such as long vowels, nasals, and sonorants are not likely to be used, whereas harsher impact of short vowels, plosives, and high-pitched fricatives should be of great value uh, to anyone expressing, uh, uh, wishing to express an insult or a curse. So, uh, for example, if you tried, a, if you made up swear words, a word like a meme or a rawl would not be considered like a swear word, whereas a gack or a crot would. Uh, he uses the example of bastard as a good example of how it can be both. If you, to, if you, you're not making it so sweary, if you make the first a sound more long, like a longer sound, so it's like like you say, oh, he's a real bastard. Like yeah, the character in uh, the British comedy character is Alan Bastard, and that was kind of the play on the vowels there. But he's but the first vowel sound. If you make that longer, that sounds more uh, is is. Um, like the the sh if the vowel is short at the first a bastard, then that's even that's harsher. That's a vicious one. Uh, whereas if it is a long first vowel, it loses some of its unpleasantness and becomes almost jocular. Interesting, huh? So here, for example, here are swear sounds. If you want to uh, teach swearing sounds, a final like velars, a final k, okay, crook, dick, uh, fuck, fink, lunk. Uh, I don't know, puke, wank etc. Um, initial and final velar in the same word. Cack, cluck, cock, geek, gook, kike, etc. Imagine you geek being used as an explicit piece of swearing. I'm days. just reading the words that are in here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just kind of funny. It's like coming up to somebody, you absolute fucking geek. I mean, it's not really. <laughs> um, he also says that final bilabials, the final p, um, crap, creep, uh, uh, these aren't big swear words. Wimp, chump, um, <laughs> final burp, boob, slob. Is that is that why then um, you get when when people um, so you've got the the fuck changing to duck? Do you think that's why it's done so they can still be as aggressive? I think that is, and I think that's also why you know as kids, if you didn't want to say that, you would say like, "What the frick." You know, yeah. or, or that's a friggin' nightmare, you know, so you're still using those... Yeah, I'd still get into trouble if I said that, though. My parents would still tell me off. <laughs> yeah, well, they would for me as well. Or you just kind of make it sound a, a similar thing. It's kind of, I guess that's, I mean, and I, obviously, uh, being a bit of a geek, sci-fi shows are one of my things, and you, you see that in a lot of sci-fi shows. I think possibly the, the most famous one of late or of recent sci-fi is in Battlestar Galactica where they frag all the time 
and everything's frag this and frag that, which which falls. So, falls that's in. supposed to be the bad word then. That's the yeah, and they actually made it. I was reading something uh, yesterday where they said they deliberately made it a four-letter word. So instead of um, fuck, they say frag. And um, Red Dwarf, the British comedy series, I mean, uses smeg as its bad word, and it kind of it falls into that crystal idea of the the last sound again uh, with it. So in sci-fi shows, if you actually listen to sci-fi, there's a lot of lot of swearing, which seem uh, a lot of words that substitute for. For, for explicit language, but they follow those rules quite um, quite explicitly because um, it is in the sound, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So what does this all have to do with language teaching? Well, it could have nothing to do with language teaching or it could have a lot to do with language teaching. It depends what kind of teacher you are. Sean, have you had students ask you to teach them the swear words? Oh, yeah, absolutely, and I've taught it before. Well, so yeah. have I, although they seem to already know them, so I don't know if they're just getting a kick out of me saying them. Well, yeah, I think that's true, but also I do think there's a certain um, this kind of well, okay, it's not big, it's taking the attitude of it's not bigger and it's clever, clever to swear, but I think you do need to know what they are, and also the fact that people take um, take the word fuck. I mean, it's used all the time, and I think people don't even use it as a swear word anymore. It's just used as a modifier uh, for things. So now, if you didn't know what it meant and you were walking around the UK, you'd be F this, F that, F that. You know, I think students need to be at least culturally aware of of its use and how it is used uh, for it. So I think, in a sense, I mean, I might not, I won't obviously walk into my teen class and get it right, we're going to do a fucking lesson on swearing. But I've, I've certainly did it with, with, with people coming over to the UK to study and more advanced groups of of students haven't you oh yeah no i mean i've definitely i've definitely covered certain things um certainly the f word uh and the different variations although more when i was younger i felt that i i kind of would develop more of a lesson on that whereas now it kind of as as it comes up i suppose um you, i mean most modern rap songs have a uh, word or two in it anyway so it's not like people haven't been exposed to it is it so I suppose one one starting place if you were doing something on on swear words as a as a lesson would be uh, there's the 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 words you aren't allowed to say on television or traditionally were not allowed to say on television. Which um, there's a, I, I found some research on this. Well, actually, that it kind of comes down to the seven dirty words uh, that was coined by George Carlin, the comedian in 1972, and those were the seven words you cannot say on television. Of course, this is before HBO and everything changed all of that, but those words were shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits, according to him. These were seven words you could never say on television. I think that's probably changed these days with the watershed to a certain uh, certain amount. I listened to um, a podcast called the, the Allusionist, which actually I recommend to. It's not about language, but it's about vocabulary in a sense. And in one of their in in one of her early episodes, she talks about the the the, the cunt word, uh, the c word, <laughs> and uh, she's she's talking to somebody who makes a program on British television where there's there is a lot of swearing, and he says, "Oh no, we're allowed to have two cunts per hour, and we're allowed to have three fucks here, and you know, and there's actually a list of how many." they can have per hour depending on the time so i suspect that list is i guess that shows how society is changing in a certain way i suppose um, yes the tolerance and everything is is going up it's also i also find it i still remember that first time when i would hear on a television show hear them use a use a bad word and thinking oh my gosh i can't believe it i mean that would have been yeah that was not not even that not that long ago 
I find I, I the word for that for me is knackered, as in very tired. You know, he's he's knackered, or oh, that's knackered, as in it doesn't work. And now, when I as a kid, if I said the word knackered, I'd be I'd get told off my by my by my parents. Uh, and now you kind of you hear that all the time. It's even in course materials and stuff. So again, it, it's just interesting. I think what people what people's um, language taboos are and how they actually differ between different parts of society and different people. And, and how it's changed, I think, is is very fascinating. And there are a lot of people looking into that in um, into research on online. Um, and I guess the more you swear, then the more that swearing goes, the, the the less power the word has in a sense. So you become desensitized to it. Oh, we're wandering into seriousness again, aren't we? One experiment I did actually, uh, Sean, was uh, I wrote uh, an ebook with a colleague uh, called English for the Zombie Apocalypse. We'll put a link in the show notes, of course, for this. Um, but in that in that ebook, there was some audio where we had uh, people recording scenes, uh, our actors recording scenes from the dialogues in the book. And something I had always wanted to do with a course book and, and never been allowed to, and only was able to do it with this one, was get them to re-record the scene a second time, but tell them they could ad lib and especially that they could swear. So I wanted to kind of share a couple of clips of that um, for you and, and, and the listeners and to see what you think on uh, on which one sounds better, more realistic, and would if would you use the second uh, explicit example in terms of language teaching. Let's take a listen. These are clips from English from the Zombie Apocalypse. We don't have any weapons! Listen to me. Do exactly as I say. When I give the signal, run as fast as you can. Crazy? We don't have any weapons! Listen to me, for God's sake, do exactly as I say. When I give you the signal, run as fast as you fucking can. Are you ready? I didn't know you had a gun! Come on, let's get out of here. Alex! I didn't know you had a fucking gun! Yeah, um, the second one sounded more natural to me, Lindsay. Or the second part of it sounded more natural to me. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what, uh, you know, obviously, if anyone uh, listens to this and, and wants to use it, uh, please do let us know at our website or on our Facebook page or indeed on it, Twitter. It kind of asked, made, made me come up with a question in my mind. I mean, you, I, I don't speak languages as fluently as you, I don't think. I mean, you must speak fluent Spanish. Do you swear uh, in Spanish or in English when you swear? I swear when I'm speaking in English, I'd swear in English. But when I'm speaking to other people who live in Spain who are English speakers but who also speak Spanish, we often use uh, Spanish swear words. Um, and they often don't feel as strong as, 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 as the English ones. So I will code switch my swearing. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I, I tend to swear in Czech if I can, because I forget there are so many uh, Czech speakers in the UK anyway, but I, uh, Czech swear words are really aggressive. Yeah, maybe uh, it's got those explosives and those velars. Yeah, it's, it's like, like pfft, sounds coming out of it. So I wonder if you're bilingual, if you grow up swearing with equal force or not, or whether it is, um, whether one language takes over. My children are growing up bilingual, but they're still too young for me to sort of know that. Can't you go away, do a little experiment now? <laughs> I'll have to try. Try that for another episode. So if a student, just to, just to wrap up then, I mean, obviously, I don't know whether we should teach the zombie apocalypse English or not. I guess if that's what interests the students, then great. But um, is there, if a student came to you and said, um, is there, I want to swear, but I want to swear in a polite way. 
is, is there a possible answer to that? I mean, I don't want to use the F word, the C word or whatever, but I want to express my anger or my whatever. So the response was, as opposed to, get the fuck out of here, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. There, there isn't, I don't think there is as much range of swearing in English as there are in some other languages. So I think with this kind of default to the F word, really, a lot of the time. Yeah, default screwing up your face and, and shouting it as loud as you can. May, I find that British English might have a little more variety with the bloody and things like that, which just sound there are some there are some swearing that just sounds wrong with a with an American accent saying a British word. Like it's like wanker. Yeah, like just hearing an American say that. Even myself hearing myself say you wanker, it just doesn't sound doesn't sound right. I was um, I, I was listening to I was watching an episode of Friends because you can't avoid it obviously um, the other day where they used the word wanker and I, I was like I missed that in, in the 1990s but they just come out with the word wanker you know so I guess it's again they, they don't realize that to oh I guess wanker doesn't isn't that strong but um, it, it's stronger for us than it is for the Americans I imagine but let's segue here into a little Carrie's corner and hear what Carrie has to say about explicit language inside and outside the classroom. So I think um, when it comes to dealing with um, swearing in class, I mean, you know, when students swear in class or use swear words in class, um, there are three basic approaches. So uh, the first one is a zero tolerance approach. So you just ban it, you know, so ban it, come down hard on the transgressors, that's it, not allowed. And I guess this is, you know, um, common in young learners classes and in institutions where it would be considered totally inappropriate to have students wearing, um, using sorry, bad words in class. Um, then a second approach is kind of more of a softly, softly approach. Um, and it could also be thought of as a kind of a crowdsourcing approach, I guess, where you have your swear box and um, students, you know, drop in their 5p, 5 cents, whatever, every time they swear in class. And if you have a really sweary group, uh, or they like the idea of a good end-of-term party, well, um, that could definitely finance uh, a couple of drinks at the end of term. Um, and, of course, the, the third approach is the um, teach-it approach, you know. So uh, if swearing comes up in class, well, then just make the most of it. Turn it into, turn it into a lesson, you know, sort of... Um, look at the appropriacy of swear words, the uh, who would you or wouldn't you swear in front of, maybe even get into what are your favourite swear words or whatever. And um, I'd like to share one um, very little lesson idea that's one of my favourites. And um, I have to credit a French friend of mine in Madrid for the idea because... Um, he was really fascinated by this possibility of embedding swear words into adjectives, you know, sort of, so you get something like ban bloody tastic or a fucking amazing, you know, something along those lines. But the thing was that he really, really wanted to be able to do it, but he could never quite get it right. So he, you kind of have something like fantastic bloody tick. Really doesn't quite work, does it? And and um, he got me kind of thinking about it. Of course, it all comes down to to word stress. You know, uh, you can only place that swear word in one place in the word. So um, 
I'm going to kind of leave you with one to think about. Um, what about this one? Unbelievable. Add the swear word of your choice to that. All right, everybody, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the TEFL Commute, a podcast for language teachers that isn't about language teaching. This episode was all about explicit language, and we're just about done. So we're going to end on a decent note. On a decent note? You mean we can't swear anymore? No, I don't think we should swear anymore, Sean. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Oh, I wonder if somebody's used that before. That's quite a good line. <laughs> good speaking, me, Lindsay. See you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye, everybody. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an activity you can take into class. Don't worry, we're not going to encourage you to do a swearing activity. However, we will work with the idea that often, when someone has the urge to swear, but knows they can't, they change the word. This reminds us of the activity coffee potting, a language guessing game. Ask the students to think of a sentence that reviews language from a previous lesson. Students should change one word in their sentence to the word coffee pot. This could be any type of word, a noun, a verb, an adverb, an adjective, and so on. So, for example, one thing I can't live without is my coffee pot. I use it every day to communicate and read the internet. When ready, invite one of the students to say their coffee potting sentences. The other students ask questions to try and guess what the real word is. Why do you need a coffee pot? Do you use the coffee pot by yourself? Once guessed, another student takes a turn. You can read more about this and find links and ideas for this episode to use in class at our website www.tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes or YouTube and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com.